Radiolab is supported by Progressive. Most of you aren't just listening right now. You're driving, exercising, cleaning. What if you could also be saving money by switching to Progressive? Drivers who save by switching save nearly $750 on average, and auto customers qualify for an average of seven discounts. Multitask right now. Quote today at Progressive.com, Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $744 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2022 and May 2023. Potential savings will vary. Discounts not available in all states and situations. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast. Listener supported. WNYC Studios. Wait, you're listening. Okay. All right. Okay. All right. You're listening listening to Radio Lab. Radio Lab. From WNYC. See? Yep. Cool. Do we have everybody? Okay. No, I don't see Dylan. Oh, Dylan. Are you all? Let's just. We don't have Tad. Oh, no, there's Tad. It does not feel like enough people. Our Brady bunch doesn't feel like No, it seems too small. (laughs) Did did Jad just disappear? (laughs) Oh, Jad says his audio hijack short-circuited everything. (laughs) There's there's DK. I'm sure Jad will be back in a sec. All right, well, while we wait for Jad to log back on, just... Hey, it's Jad. I I am here. It's It's funny, like, at the beginning of all of this, I, I think we all felt a little robbed. Not we specifically, but I think all of us felt like we had all of these plans for our lives and now they had to be put on hold. But then as the sort of gravity of things has kind of set in, that feeling has thankfully given way to, I think, just a lot of other feelings. Um, Worry, anxiety, but also gratitude for the people that we get to worry about. Now, there's been a lot of change here at Radiolab, even before this. Uh, Robert retired... We launched a whole series about Guantanamo Bay where Latif Nasser took the helm. And meanwhile, we were preparing all of these stories that were going to feature the rest of the team. We were getting ready to say a thing, which I think you probably know, that over the years, this show has shifted from being just about the two guys hosting it and talking to being really a collective of these incredibly talented producers and reporters. And we wanted to say that show it, really, in the stories we were going to put out. And then uh, and then this happened. And now did we lose Dylan, too? And so, uh, you know, every day, I guess like everybody, it's all about Zoom. Uh, we get together at 12 o'clock, a giant Zoom meeting, and we... Can we like, all do a common motion and make the grid, like, do fun things? Kind of hang out a little bit in a Brady Bunch grid of video windows. You want to do a, wa- a wave? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Wait, it, but in, in my <laughs> way, David, I'm, I'm right next to you. Orders. We need lots of, a whole screen of jazz hands right now. Let's go for it. Yeah. <laughs> so partly it's just about trying to keep some sense of community going, but also it's about like trying to figure out what, how, what do we do for you right now? I mean, like, how do we balance the need to stare directly at this global crisis that's unfolding and report on it? 
while at the same time giving you moments where you can escape that, which also feels important right now. I don't know. I like obviously like things are changing for us in terms of like even how we think about stories or what stories to make. Soren Wheeler. I mean, I think first things first, partly just so we can share with each other because we care about each other, but also maybe as fodder <laughs> for like what's in our heads right now. Like I remember, uh, I remember like I remember talking to David a little bit about like you're just like you know, suddenly you just have this window to look out on. Mm-hmm. Like what are the possible things that could like that could. Yeah, and I have one. I have one tree in front of me. David Gable. I did a different angle today, and one is blooming and covered with blossoms. One is not. I don't know why. And then I did wonder whether there's a blossom for every single bud, or do they do they all make it? I don't know. I don't know enough botany. That's so interesting. <laughs> your window. I'm thinking a lot about people that are on the front lines that have to go to work. Susie Lechtenberg. That. Um, can't stay home. Uh, uh, my sister is an ER doctor and just thinking about the increase of uh, patients coming in and then like thinking to myself that I have no idea how many patients come in on a regular day versus a day like now and what that level of stress, like how that goes up based on uh, the more people that are coming in. So, so much of the, so much of the coverage like is lots of Nasser for good reasons is like about these like life and death human stories. But I just like find myself wondering about all these objects. Like you have the masks or you have the, like the toilet paper and the supply chain, or like, I'm also like, you. I also wonder like a lot about the virus itself. Like, like from its perspective, like, is it alive? What does it want? Like, what is its internal monologue like right now? Totally unrelated to all the important things people are saying. Simon Adler. I have put in a press request with uh, Corona, uh, the, the, the beer company. Did um, you get any response? Not yet. They might be busy thinking of a new name. Yeah. One thing I keep thinking about is Ring Around the Rosie. W. Harry Fortuna. How we got that from the Black Plague and how... Uh, you know, I've been talking to my parents a lot. Annie McEwen. And my dad's like, man, I'm just like logging on to Wikipedia every day, checking out that Corona page. So interesting. See all the numbers, all the different countries, like moving up and down, you know, like first Taiwan was doing well, but then like South Korea is really pulling ahead. And I was like, dad, you're only doing this because the NHL is canceled and you are like going through stats withdrawal. And so he's like, oh man, like, you know, Italy is struggling. It's falling behind. But like, I'm so, he's like, mom's like, yeah, he's checking it every single day. Like his way of talking sounds like hockey talk. A bunch of stuff is coming out of these meetings and we're putting feelers out in a lot of different directions while at the same time doubling down on some bigger projects that we already had in motion. But in the next week or so, I want to put out a couple of short dispatches of stuff that's been bubbling up at these meetings uh, that we're all sort of learning about reporting out uh, as we're siloed away in our separate closets. And just to start with this particular Zoom meeting. Um, I do keep thinking about, to like Annie's dad, I do keep thinking about numbers in like... It's Molly Webster. At some level, like I'm sort of obsessed with all the numbers that are like coming out every day. Then they terrify me. And then I don't understand how to understand them. Like One of the things that just kept coming up was... What do we do with all of the numbers that are swirling around this pandemic? The number I'm thinking about is like six. Sarakari? The, the six feet like social distancing rule. Like, okay, like, can I go see my friend and like stand six feet away from them? And that's okay. Like, even if in theory, if one of us was carrying the virus, like, would that be fine? I'm just wondering how the hell Facebook just donated 720,000 masks to the government. And I'm like, okay. 
Becca Bresler. What, they just had them in a closet somewhere? Yeah, they had a stockpile of them that they just forked over to the government. Yeah, so in this Zoom meeting, there's a lot of talk about these numbers, these public health numbers, economic impact numbers, and how do we process them? How do we understand them? How do we wrap our heads around them? We might go deeper on some of this stuff in future weeks, but for the moment, I just want to pull out two number-focused riffs from two different producers uh, that happened organically in the meeting. But in both cases, I called them up after the meeting and we talked a little bit more. Okay, here we are. Yeah. First up, okay. Soren so, Wheeler. Uh, <laughs> oh, God. I, I don't quite know how to prompt you with this because I, I just kind of want to uh, pull the string and... Yeah, I don't, I mean, I don't know how to prompt me with this either. I mean, like, it's that nerd part of me that I don't talk about very much that used to <laughs> actually like math. Oh, we all see and it. sometimes still does. Um, yeah. Although I always kind of like pretend to, to not, but what, I don't know, somehow, I mean, I, I'll, I'll say that I ran across, the, the, one of the first things that happens was I ran across this set of numbers that CNN had published and it was like on uh, March 1st, there was this many cases, March 2nd, this many, mm, blah, blah, yeah. blah, down the line. The number is doubling like every two or three days. Right. Um, and I think then I was like, oh, right, because of course, because everything in the news has been, ex- this is an exponential curve. Like mm-hmm. there's that mm-hmm. word throwing around exponential, which I sort of know, but I hadn't thought about much. And then I looked at this, I'm like, oh, it's doubling every two days. And I was like, that's, that's right. This is this thing that like, I think people really don't absorb what that means. I mean, they sort of like, oh, exponential growth. Like, but I don't think like, you know, the the sort of visceral sense of what that, what it can do. Um, yeah. Really, yeah. It's funny. It's like, I don't actually. When it comes across. What do I think of? I just think it's growing fast. I said, it's like, you just think like it's growing more and more and more. Like, so like, let me, and I, I remembered this old, and my dad was like a physicist and he's like a super like, teach the world about, you know, he wanted like everybody in the world to understand, be literate and like math and science. So he, he would say things to me like, okay, I want you to the mow the lawn every day for the next month. Okay. And I'll either give you a million dollars to do that, or I'll give you a penny today. And then I'll give you two pennies tomorrow. And then I'll give you four pennies the next day. And so we're gonna go. We're gonna do this for a month. I mean, like, oh, so I don't it was know. a choice between like million yeah. He's like, now. you could have either this or that, right? My in my soul, I'm like I'm a million dollars. Right give me a million it. dollars. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Exactly. So the so if you do the pennies, um, you end up pretty close to twenty million dollars by the end of the month. Whoa! Wow. Starting with a penny, and the and the this is the thing about this curve is like halfway through the month, you're like, I got fifty bucks or whatever. But it's the last two days of the month where it's like, kabam. Interesting. Um, well, when you were a young boy and your dad was telling you this, like, did it make any kind of sense to you? I mean, I think at that point, and, and maybe still now, it just made me always like, one, always, whenever anybody says anything about doubling pennies, take that one. <laughs> you know, <laughs> it just gave me a trick for dealing with the world, which is to say, I knew then that this thing that seems like not a big deal could be a big deal. And I just used, you know, like I just, uh, it's not like I intuitively understood exponential curves from then on, but I just knew that the things turn out bigger than you think, like way bigger than you think. And so yeah. that was the feeling I got when I was looking at the CNN numbers, like, oh, this is the penny thing. This is going to go like that. Hmm. Or it could go like that, really, if we don't, you know, like there's a whole big thing here about we step in, we can change this. 
so I started thinking about like how like my main thing is like I don't think people get this and even after I talk for a while I don't think people get it what they get if they're you know the only thing you really get is like I got when I was a kid which is like look out or be worried or this is tricky yeah, yeah. you know but you don't actually uh, you know so I started thinking like oh are there things you could do to actually feel it yeah like feel it in your bones so I was thinking like I you know I work in this little shed that I built in my backyard in Wisconsin yep where I've quarantined myself uh, not, I don't mean that quite literally, but um, it's 10 by 10 or so. It's like in, the size uh, of a rich person's bathroom. Yeah, you, this would, wow. And now I'm looking around like, yeah, this would be a luxurious bathroom. But I mean, it does not like, feel like a luxurious office. I mean, it's 10 no, by 10 is not that much. It's slightly bigger than a cubicle, basically. Yeah. But anyway, this is my little office. It's nice because it's 100 square feet. It's an easy bit of um, number to deal with. So I'm like, oh, what if I was just doubling the size of my office every day? We'll do the same thing with the pennies, like every day for a month, right? Today it's 100, tomorrow it's 200, third day of the month it's 400, 800, all that. But like the fifth day of the month is about the size of my house. I think by day 12, it's like an average city block. Wow. Um, at the end of the month, it's New Jersey. Wow. Yeah. Dang. Actually, wait. No, I think day 32, it's the first day of the next month, it's Jersey, but whatever. I, but, you know, the weird thing is that like for months, the most of the month, I was like, yeah, it's getting big. But then all of a sudden you're just at Jersey. And like, if you go like, go a couple more days, let's, let's go into the next month. By the 10th day of the next month, you're bigger than the United States. And by the, let's see, is it the 13, 14th of the next month? Maybe the 15th? It's the surface area of the earth. Whoa. So a, a month, month gets you to half. Jersey and another half month gets you to the earth. And then also I just kept thinking about like, what are all the different ways that you could, you could do this to almost like literally sense the curve? Like, you know, could I do it with touch? And I tried that with air pressure, but it got weird and it didn't really work. And then I was like, oh, I, I mean, it, we could do it. We could do it sonically, right? I don't know. Music is frequencies, right? We can hear 20 hertz. That's as low as we can go as humans. And we can hear up to about 20K hertz. So 20,000 hertz. Um, and so if you did, uh, you just double that once a second, 20 hertz, 40 hertz, 80 hertz, and you just go smooth up. It's about 10 seconds or so before you're out of hearing range. Okay. I don't know how impressive that is, but maybe more more immediate than that is like, and the thing that everybody has experienced is like feedback in, with a microphone and a speaker. If like the, when the speaker comes up to think, you know, like that uh -huh. horrible, awful, everybody goes, ow! Um, that's, that's an exponential growth situation. I mean, you're right. It's like if you're feeding the speaker back through the mic and into the speaker, then the speaker has doubled and then it's being doubled again and then it's being doubled right. again. It's exactly like the penny, but in sound. But, you know, right. the interesting, the fun thing to do with feedback, which I've done many times, is you can slowly move the mic back from the speakers. And modulate how much... Exactly, my friend. You flatten the curve. You flatten the curve. So you... That's pull. literally what you're doing with feedback when you want to mess with it and put it on the edge of musicality instead of just ear-splitting annoyance is you flatten the curve. That's like you, you are sitting in your studio right now not 
shaking hands with people on the street is that. You know, it's like the thing I keep wrestling with pretty much every time Cuomo opens his mouth um, and he says these numbers. Things like, we will very much, we will very likely see 100,000 cases within X weeks or whatever it is. I mean, they, they make these numbers which seem, compared to the moment, astronomical. Right. And and so you sort of seem like, oh man, they must be talking worst case scenario or they're just trying to scare us. Yeah, and it's like hearing you go through these exercises, it makes me think maybe we're only on day eight or nine of the growth. And so they're already looking mathematically at day 20. And then I mean, it all 40. depends exactly what number you start with. And honestly, but the F, the totally messed up thing is it doesn't even matter. I, I, could, I could list the numbers I saw on CNN, but they're irrelevant because they're just cases that have been tested. We don't really know the total number of cases. Yeah. Um, but regardless of all that, they're all following this kind of curve. Yeah. Um, and then like what I think about is like if my shed just started growing at doubling every day and I was sort of like, uh, hey, everybody, um, this thing seems to be growing and uh, I'm kind of worried about it. And if I just went out there, it's like, day, what was it? Day eight, what did I say? On day eight, day five, it's the size of my house and who even cares about whether it took over my house or not. Uh, and I'm going, yeah, but uh, I did the math and in about 40 days, uh, it's going to be the whole earth. <laughs> People are going to be like, what are you talking about, dude? The thing is the size of your house. I'm like, yeah, but uh, 40 days from now, it's gonna, it's, my shed is going to be the whole earth and everybody's, you know, like, yeah. it's just ridiculous to try to be a, to try to communicate that. And so the question is like, I think about a lot for, and I, maybe scientists are thinking about this too. When, when should I talk at a time when it's not too late to do something about it, but people won't think I'm saying the sky is falling? When will you be able to say it in a way where people will get it and not think you're crazy. Yeah. Yeah. And you don't really don't, I mean, like also like you, you want to take the math pretty far out to just be like, this is what happens. But on the other hand, our responses are real and China has flattened the curve and South Korea has flattened the curve. And, you know, it's not going to go the distance of like all these crazy things I was saying about covering the earth or, or whatever, um, because we can flatten it, but you not unless we know we act like we know what this thing is. We'll be back after a quick break. This is Caitlin Bissell calling from Saskatoon, Saskatchewan, Canada. Radiolab is supported in part by the Alfred P. Sloan Foundation, enhancing public understanding of science and technology in the modern world. For more information about Sloan at www.sloan.org. Radiolab is supported by Z-Biotics. If you've been looking for some help waking up refreshed after a fun night out, Z-Biotics Pre-Alcohol Probiotic is here to help. Z-Biotics is a genetically engineered probiotic invented by scientists to help tackle rough mornings after drinking. This probiotic is the first drink of the night for a better tomorrow, as it works to break down the byproduct of alcohol, which is responsible for rough mornings after. Go to zbiotics.com slash Radiolab to get 15% off your first order when you use Radiolab at checkout. Zbiotics is backed with a 100% money-back guarantee. If you're unsatisfied for any reason, they'll refund your money, no questions asked. That's zbiotics.com slash Radiolab and use the code Radiolab at checkout for 15% off. Radiolab is supported by Babbel. Sometimes self-improvement can feel like a pretty overwhelming journey, 
So what if this year you just got a tiny bit better every day? When you're learning a new language with Babbel, that's exactly what you're doing. Babbel is a science-backed language learning app with quick 10-minute lessons that have been handcrafted by over 200 language experts to help you start speaking a new language in as little as three weeks. You can learn everything you need to have real-world conversations, café s'il vous plaît, from vocabulary words to culture and more. And if Babbel can help you start speaking a new language in just three weeks, imagine what you could do in a few months or a full year. Here is a special limited time deal for Radiolab listeners. Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription, but only for our listeners at babbel.com slash Radiolab. Get up to 60% off at babbel.com slash Radiolab, spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash Radiolab. Rules and restrictions may apply. Carnegie Hall has welcomed a dizzying array of performers. To have Andy Kaufman, Frank Zappa, and Birkett Nielsen and Horowitz on the same stage, it becomes this kaleidoscope of our history. I'm Jessica Bosk. Join me for the new podcast, If This Hall Could Talk. It's all about our unique cultural history, as witnessed by one of New York's most beloved institutions, Carnegie Hall. Listen now, wherever you get podcasts. This is Radio Lab. I'm Jad Abumrad. The number that I keep thinking about is just the fatality rate. You know, whether it's one percent or is it going to be like four percent? And you know, Tracy Hunt. Like, thinking about all the people who are losing their jobs a lot. Pat Walters. Twenty-two people here and five hundred people there and six hundred people here. And there's like projections of three million by June. With numbers in general, like I kind of feel like Rachel Cusick. I personally like short circuit when I hear a number like if it's a death or something because it just like loses all of the depth and like hues of what's going on um so I, I feel like I'm numb to numbers um and then I've also just all right about, like, how it feels like we're in the- great second riff extended riff uh comes from Molly Webster yes that is going you're going we're all going yeah we are so going we're so going do you want me to prompt you with what I remember of what you were saying or I, we- I don't I mean I know what we both remember. We remember that I keep thinking about, like, what does it mean to wake up with numbers flashing at us and, like, a ticker tape of coronavirus, like, curling on every digital screen that I'm looking at every day, like, beating a drumbeat of, like, this is a thing that's happening. There's something about just, like, seeing headlines where it's, like, 400 more people got this overnight. And then the next day, it's like 523 people got this overnight. And it's like largest caseload yet. And then it's like 21,000 people have it in the United States. And it's just this um, state that we're in right now. But I also think about because numbers carry such weight, I keep wondering about like the psychological effects of that drumbeat every day. I just wonder what it would be like if if all of the time in our lives we had numbers just assaulting us repeatedly <laughs> every day. And the first thing I thought about was um, the flu and knowing that, you know, at least at this point in time that we're talking, there are more cases of the flu and more deaths from the flu than from coronavirus. Is that this year or is that in general? I mean, that would be this flu season. So it would be, 
you know, the end of 2019 to now. Really? So there have been more flu deaths from non-COVID-19 related flus than from, from this one? Yes. I did not and know like, that. And just like thinking about like, what if I woke up every day and they told me like how many people went to the hospital with the flu? Or like mm. how many people died because of the flu? Like, and then so then I just kind of started poking around like just to see. And it was like this week for the flu, you know, they're still make, counting the death toll, but it's like 347 people died, which is like 49 deaths per day. The week before that, 487 people died. Wow. Of, of the flu. And this says no COVID. No, uh, these are just, this all. is just the flu. And there's so many things that's wrong, that are wrong with this metaphor. Overall, coronavirus has a higher death rate than the flu. So we just, we just aren't there yet. Right. Essentially, right. like if the death rate plays out, it will be higher. But it's not really about like the direct comparison. It's just like, what would my emotional reaction to like the flu be if every morning I woke up and they told me how many people died of the flu? Yeah. And it's like in a 28 point font right yes. there on the, on the front page. Yeah. And it's like this interesting thing where, where I'm like dancing this fine line where it's like, coronavirus is scary. We should all pay attention to it. It is worse than the flu. But at the same time, like I just think about like what it's doing to me (laughs) (laughs) emotionally and to the rest of the country and to like the world to have this like ticker tape going off, you know, that that is in a 24 hour news cycle, literally updated how many times a day? Like every every hour. Yeah, I mean, it's like when I talked to you last time, you were like, oh my God, I, I, can I handle more numbers? There's too many numbers <laughs> well, coming at me was, right now. There were so many numbers and it is like you start getting lost in it where you're like, oh, should I care about the hospitalization rate or should I care about the death rate or should I care about how many people are getting sick? And I guess I care about all of them. And then all of a sudden I'm like, wait, do I know what the latest numbers are? And like how many people have them. And then I'm like, is there really a difference between 400 and five? Like for me, and there is, it's bigger. It's a hundred bigger, you know, I don't know. I don't know. I probably need to know that because you're just like, okay, I I and or people I know are going to get coronavirus. Good chance someone I know will probably die from it. Um, Yeah. And so... I'm not trying to be, like, trite. Sure, This is a super serious thing. I guess I just wonder, though, like, would I take cancer more seriously if, like, every day there was a thing on the front page of the New York Times that said, like, 1,600 people died yesterday from all cancer? Like, that is a real thing that's happening. Yeah, if you we know, took the amount of intensity and anxiety that's folk, that these numbers are generating and actually sh- transposed it onto cancer... How would we? Well, it's like suddenly would we be actually care about cancer and like be super conscious of it and trying in 18 months to find a cure? You know, it's Mm. like like I was looking at the CDC websites and like different like health websites just to stay in like medicine land for a little, though my brain has gone many places with this. You know, basically it's like 890 cases of breast cancer will be diagnosed each day in 2020. And so, like, what if every morning I woke up and it was, like, 890 women were diagnosed with breast cancer or, like, 9,500 people they think will be diagnosed with skin cancer each day? 
you know, and then it's wow. like, oh, will I suddenly start wearing sunscreen? Mm. What would it be like to live in a world where every day they told me how many polar bears died? Roughly two a day, 666 a year. Or like how many flowers bloomed? Because that's like happier than all the bad stuff. Like, yeah, it doesn't I was have like, to go be, there, go there. It doesn't have to be bad things. Trees blooming on the first day of spring, roughly 1.5 billion trees flowering first day of spring. Like, what if every day I I had a ticker tape of, like, how many jars of peanut butter had been sold? You know, like... <laughs> how like, many jars of peanut... Do you, do you know that number? Wait, Knowing you, you probably know I that do, number. I do know that number. It's 200... This is the estimate. 246,575 <laughs> per day of a single wow. brand. Or, That's... like, what if there was, like, the number of babies born? Just something like 360,000 per day at this point. Wow, okay. Um, That's like (laughs) 1.2 babies per jar of peanut butter. (laughs) I know. Um, Keep going. 18 million Uber rides a day. Wow. That's worldwide. That's insane. There's like 172,800,000 gallons of wine drunk a day. Wow. 6 million tons of garbage made each day. Oh my God, if that were the number we saw in, in the papers every day, we definitely want to bring that number down. How many rocks were skipped on a lake? Ballparking it, 102,614. How many bonfires were made? Maybe 32,000. 17. The number of baby seals that died? Ugh. I don't know, I just saw baby seal for like the first time a year ago. I think I like them. <laughs> um, Who doesn't like a baby seal? <laughs> They're like little puppies. I feel like a great affinity for them. And so I was like, I wonder how many baby seals died. If you just look at harbor seal numbers, a few hundred thousand each year are lost to predators. Let's say 240,000. Divide that by 365. You get 667 lost each day, which frankly seems like a huge number. How many girls got their periods? Roughly 2 million. How many houses were built? 1.6 million a year. That's a real number. Or number of iPhones bought? How much Bitcoin was made? How many people danced that day i mean that's a really good one actually right now i that one i want to hold hold in my consciousness the reason i really like this idea uh, a, a lot of the stuff you're playing with is um because for me there's a there's a kind of myopia that sets in with these numbers i mean and, and and for good reason like this is absolutely serious and it's happening and we all need to pay attention to it really focus on it but it does remind me that when you do the peanut butters and you do the purple flowers it just <laughs> reminds me that like even in this intensely anxious moment where we have this tendency to fixate on these horrible ever fluctuating numbers we can though through an act of will remember that there are other stuff happening there's other stuff happening in the world that we should that's that's still worth paying attention to it's like it's like perspective like the onslaught for me has been really intense so i've started only reading the news once a day. Like, Mm. I'm almost forcing the old system, like, of a newspaper lance on my doorstep in the morning. Yeah. Uh, Because it's just, just like, it's it's such an onslaught. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, I don't know. It's like, I can't, I can't almost focus on anything else. And then, and then today, I, like, turned off my phone from, like, 1130 to right before we talked. And I went went to the park and then I came back and I like read and, and made dinner. And it was just like, oh, there's still a world out there. Yeah. 
regard yeah. like this thing is coming it's going to blow through here i don't know what it's going to do to to me and everyone i love and people i don't know but still love from afar but there's still like a park and a flower and that person and their dog totally yeah just like life You know, the, the number that I that is just occurring to me is the number 100. I think that number 100 days, like the first 100 days, comes from, from uh, I believe, from FDR, who in the wake of the 1929 crash, like the, in 100 days, basically reformatted America. You know, I mean, you had all of these social safety uh, programs coming in and passed one after another after another because things were so so dire at that moment that everybody just sort of stood and in lockstep basically said this is the this is the country we want and let's just do it. I wonder what happens in the hundred days after this. I see so many people were like when you were talking were like shaking their head. No, we're not going to change. We're not. Gonna or change. or you know we are, but it's going to change in in a direction that's just opposite of FDR ideologically. Like you know that everything will shift just you know away from social support and toward something else, more capitalism. It feels like a tipping. Yeah, point like for speeding that. up the future in a way, just because yeah. this is yeah. Oh my God, I just want to jump in and say, I have a little bit of hope. <laughs> I'm starting to get really, really depressed. And I just need to say, I feel I, like, yeah. I know, I feel like this, there's a real, I think there's going to be a lot of shitty outcomes, but it also feels like a real moment where everyone could like take a deep breath and like reassess and like take forward, even as individuals, like, what do we want to take forward like from this time? Like we're going to see a lot of places in our lives where like things are lost and we might actually be like, or things are changed and you might actually be like, Oh, that maybe that change is okay. I, I'm, I, I'm on team hope. I'll raise my hand for <sighs> hope. I've, I've, I've got it. Yeah. Hand. I'll third that. Can't wait. Can I ask a, a technical question with everyone here or I'm going to send an email. I can do either. Let's let's find. I do need to off. I I need to bolt. So let's find a way to offline it and get an email out. But I can join you in the conversation or whatever to set the parameters you think make sense. But um, okay, yeah, let's feed it back some other way. Okay, kids. Okay. Thanks, um, Thanks everybody. Right. Chad, are we staying on? Oh, guess not. Oh yeah, there we are. Still here. Uh, before we close, I just want to thank. Uh, you know, in Molly's riff. A lot of those numbers, uh, especially some of the more uh, guessy ones, we had help from a professional guesstimator of sorts, hat tip to physicist Larry Weinstein. And uh, yeah, I guess that's it. I'm Jad Abumrad. Thank you guys for listening. I hope you're healthy and hope you're coping. Please stay safe. Stay inside. We'll have another dispatch for you in a couple days. This is Eddie calling from Hobart, Australia. Radiolab is created by Jad Abumrad with Robert Quowich and produced by Soren Wheeler. Dylan Keefe is our director of sound design. Susie Lechtenberg is our executive producer. Our staff includes Simon Adler, Becca Bresler, Rachel Kuzik, David Giebel, Bethel Habti, Tracy Hunt, 
Matt Keelty, Annie McEwen, Latif Nasser, Sarah Kari, Ariane Wack, Pat Walters, and Molly Webster, with help from Shima O'Leary, W. Harry Fortuna, Sarah Sandback, Melissa O'Donnell, Tad Davis, and Russell Gregg. Our fact checker is Michelle Harris. Radio Lab is supported by the John Templeton Foundation, funding research and catalyzing conversations that inspire people with awe and wonder. Learn about the researchers making the latest discoveries in the science of well-being, complexity, forgiveness, and free will at templeton.org slash podcast.